Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your main building librarian. In today's episode, we're in the new studio. I was reading Live in Love by Lauren Akins, and if you listened to our last podcast, um, it was a recommendation from Miss Green, one of our teachers. Um, I guess she like just gives her books away when she's done. Um, and so she gave this one to me for the library if we want it, and I, um, I really enjoyed it. So this book is um, Thomas Rhett's wife and just kind of her biography. Um, it talks a lot about... You know, she actually went to Good Pasture, which is oh, close yeah. to here. Like, grew up in this area. Um, so I it's bet kind Coach of Lambert knows her. Really? No. Oh, that um, was a joke that like two people in the world are going to get that. Okay, I had no need to. We'll say. have to make sure they listen then. Um, <laughs> but it was it was fun to hear her talk about these areas, you know, that we're familiar with and um, grew up around. So it starts off talking a lot about her upbringing and her home. And I guess they lived in a a neighborhood and their house was kind of the house where everyone came to hang out and play like from like toddlerhood all the way up until their, their college um, college students and coming back for ugly Christmas sweater parties. So just the dynamic that she grew up in and um, the story of her and her and Thomas Rhett, they dated when they were um, in middle school. I think it was, and then broke up and came back together in college and ended up getting married. And so it talks a lot about, or I guess her upbringing is important to how she deals with their life as a newlywed married couple and his, um, I guess, rise to stardom, rise to fame, how they kind of cope with that transition. Um, so she graduated from UT Knoxville with a degree in nursing and the first year of marriage, um, she actually didn't use her degree, but went on tour with him. And, um, I think for the sake of their marriage, like just being separated, you know, didn't seem like a good idea. So, um, in that time where she's got her dreams on hold and her things on hold, she's kind of really happy for him, excited to be his partner, but sensing this like emptiness in her own like heart and life. And so it leads her to go on a mission trip and serve in Haiti, which leads her to another mission trip in Uganda, which leads them to, um, adoption and, um, just it kind of really is the story of how she wants to use her platform as his wife and, um, and how that meshes with what's important to her. Um, and just her gifts, her talents, her what she feels like is her calling. So it was really well done. Um, you know, as an adult teacher, librarian, I really enjoyed reading it. But I also think it would be super accessible for our students. Um, it's written really well. And um, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was it was one that I would read again and, and easily recommend. So cool. Yeah, I feel like it was a different kind of synopsis yeah. since it is a biography, but um, yeah. So that's Live in Love by Lauren Akins. Cool. What'd you read? I read uh, All My Rage. Which is weird to hear you say as you're smiling. So <laughs> I'm now... <laughs> I'm smiling because I was going to ask some questions about your book and I just decided against Do it. Do it. Okay. Pick no, one question I, to ask. I really don't want to. 
Oh, come on, man. It's not... It, I'm not gonna help. It's gonna make me come off as really mean, uh, and I don't intend it that way. And so I, I just—that's why I'm smiling. You can just ask later. I guess. Uh, yeah. When, once we stop recording, I'll ask you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh gosh. Uh, I read all my rage by Sabah Tahir. Um, this is YA. This takes place in Juniper, California, um, and there's two main characters in this book. One is Salahuddin. Uh, he. And his family um, own like a motel in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but his mom is kind of the main uh, caretaker of the facility. And she kind of runs it because uh, his father is an alcoholic. Okay. Um, however, really early in the book, uh, his, his mom passes away from kidney disease. And they were already in a ton of debt from medical bills. They didn't have insurance because mm-hmm. dad didn't have a job and so forth. Um, and so Salahuddin is tasked with trying to keep this place afloat. He feels like it was, you know, something that it was his mom's dream to, to have mm-hmm. a business like this. And, um, but there's, there's no money to pay all the bills. And so he's, he tries to find ways to get enough money, okay. uh, to, to keep the, to keep the end going, um, all while grieving his mother's death and so forth. Uh, there's another main character. Her name is newer. Um, she is Sal's best friend. Um, she lives with her uncle, um, her hateful uncle, I should say. Uh, and she works in his liquor store. Um, and, lives by his rules, so to speak. He, uh, saved her when she was, I want to say something like six years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that they were living in Pakistan. Uh, a massive earthquake took out their town. Um, and he came in and literally like dug through the rubble with his hands and found her. And, Mm. um, so he saved her life literally. Right. Um, and throughout the novel, uh, she kind of says this little, saying about kind of reminding herself that that he's the reason that she's alive and she keeps doing that because he's such a a hateful man um which is interesting i know i'm doing a i feel like i'm doing a terrible job of describing this book because i really really liked it there's Mm -hmm. so much in this book uh most if not all the characters have have dealt with or are dealing with some sort of trauma that's Mm -hmm. not very apparent in the beginning um you know, with the Muslim representation in it in a in a small town, there's some racism that's dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's their friendship. There's there's love. There's grief. There's this was a really good book. Um, this is you know sometimes I think when you, when you hear YA right when you hear young adult, there are people that love of all ages that love to read YA and that's great. Um, I think this book would be one that everyone would enjoy or get something out of even if even if YA. Uh, isn't really their go-to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just really liked it. I had said before reading it that I was in the mood for something a little more serious that, that made me feel something. And this one definitely, definitely did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would read it again right now. I think it was, it was really good. The relationship between Sal and Noor began, you know, when she came to America, when her uncle brought her here, um, he was really kind of looking to offload her for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and ended up taking her over to to Salahuddin's uh, hotel, his home, with his mom, and um, you know, they spoke her language and and cooked her food, things that she was familiar with, things that her uncle uh, almost like wants to forget. Like he he mm. eats American sandwiches and only speaks English, and uh, almost his past culture is, is completely gone. So also intertwined throughout the book is these kind of journal entries from Salahuddin's mom. And it starts in the past before he was born. And it starts when she met his dad. And so not, you know, it's not like it's every other chapter or anything, but that these certain kind of increments throughout the book, um, the whole picture starts to get painted and you start to realize, you know, why his dad drinks so much and why, you know, he also has this kind of aversion to touch uh, mm-hmm. and this weird thing where if he goes into the laundry room at the hotel and smells the detergents and the bleach that it like physically makes him sick, like he can't function. Um, and you start to find out what happened and it just, it, it, it just gets a little heavier and heavier. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, as you go. Um, and so there's a lot that I'm leaving out. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, obviously, right. but there's even without spoiling it, there's a lot more that I could say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just encourage anybody to read it because it's it was it's really well done. Good. It's really well written. Um, it's a it's a good book. It sounds it's like it's just it. a good book. So we're take a quick break here and listen to a, another book preview from a White House high school student. Uh, this time from Isabel Bradley giving us a preview of The Giver by Lois Lowry. Uh, The passage that Isabel chose was chosen because it shows that mankind was living in a world where they felt happy, but they didn't know true happiness. They would feel sad, but they didn't know what it was like to mourn, where they would kill people because they thought they were doing what was best for them, but they didn't know what killing someone was or how that affects them emotionally because they didn't feel like they should. Everything was the same and differences were not good. How the people believed they knew a lot, but they really just knew what they were told because they didn't have the full capacity to understand for themselves. And the audio uh, track that Isabel chose to play behind uh, the passages uh, was chosen because it's kind of suspicious and it's intense but calm at the same time. It has you on the edge of your seat wondering what is going to happen next, like I was reading the book. But it isn't too forceful and in your face, which is also like the book. Hi, my name is Isabel Bradley, and I'll be talking about The Giver by Lois Lowry. The protagonist, Jonas, is chosen for a job as the receiver of memories. His job is to keep all the memories in the world so pedestrians don't have to remember terrible things such as death or war, but they also don't remember the good things like love, families, happiness. He wants everyone to remember the good things, but that comes with the bad. The elders, or the people in government, are doing things that they believe are beneficial to the society but really they're just things that no one can fathom um, except Jonas. Is there a way for him to get everybody's memories back? Jonas opened his eyes and is still on the bed. The giver watched him curiously. Yes, said Jonas slowly, I saw it on the sled. Let me try one more thing. Look over at the bookcase. Do you see the very top row of books, the ones behind the table on the top shelf? Jonas saw them with his eyes. He stared at them and they changed, but the change was fleeting. It slipped away, slipped away the next instant. It happened, Jonas said. It happened to the books, but it went away again. I'm right then, the giver said. You're beginning to see the color red. 
There is a time, actually, you'll see. You'll see this in moments later when flesh was actually many different colors. That was before we went to sameness. Today, flesh is all the same, and what you saw were red tones. Probably when you saw faces, saw the faces taking on color, it wasn't as deep or vibrant as the apple or your friend's hair. The giver chuckled suddenly. We've never actually mastered sameness. I suppose genetic scientists are still hard at work trying to figure out all the kinks. Um, Jonas listened, trying hard to comprehend. And the sled? It had the same thing, the color red. But it didn't change, Giver. It just was. Because it's a memory of a time when color was. And it was so... Oh, I wish language were more precise. The red was beautiful. The Giver nodded. It is. Did you see it? Do you see it all the time? I see all of them, all the colors. Will I? Of course. When you receive the memories, you have the capacity to see beyond. You'll gain wisdom, then along with colors, and lots more. Jonas wasn't interested just then in wisdom. It was the colors that fascinated him. Why can't everyone see colors? Why did colors disappear? Our people made a choice, the choice to change, the choice to go to sameness. Before my time, before the previous time, back and back and back. We relinquished color, and we relinquished sunshine, and did away with differences. He thought for a moment. We gained control of many things, but we had to let many other things go. We shouldn't have, Jonas said fiercely. The giver looked startled at the certainty in Jonas's reaction. He smiled. You've come very quickly to that conclusion. It took me many years. Maybe your wisdom will come much more quickly than mine. He glanced at the wall on the clock. Lie down. We've got much work to do. Okay, next for me uh, is a book from the VSBA list. There's been a shift in the Battle of the Books competition. It's still happening, just on a much smaller scale. Yeah. Uh, But with that, uh, we need to write some more questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm going to read a book for that. Uh, And that book is The Darkness Outside Us by Elliot Schreffer. Schreffer. Um. It's a sci-fi book. I'm just 15 pages in. Um, I think that Earth is kind of on the decline, that humans have ventured out into space to find places to colonize. I think um, the main character's like sister has was part of a colony, like the first colony on like a moon of Saturn or something. Hmm. Um, but then a distress beacon came out. Oh. And so now he is on the way there to see what's going on. Cool. That could be right or wrong. I'm 15 pages in. There you go. You're further than me. But that's what I'm reading. Nice. Um, I just picked up one of your new books. And it is called The Surprising Power of a Good Dumpling by Y. Chin. Let's see if I said that right. Not sure. Um, You know, I'm always good for a lighthearted book about food yes but i don't think it's going to be lighthearted. this is a story of a young girl who works in her father's kitchen and she takes care of her younger siblings and her mother who is dealing with a mental illness and so i think something happens with the mom um whether it's some kind of accident or basically what what, what they're currently dealing with in her mental illness it worsens yeah and so this is what i think is this girl's story and how their family deals with it, probably the effect of that. Um, I haven't read many books recently about mental illness, honestly. Um, I'm trying to think if I've read any this year for the podcast or otherwise. I don't think I have either. um, 
so I'm honestly, this sounds weird, but hopefully don't hear what I'm not saying. Like I'm, I'm interested to read something on that topic. Um, and you know, just read about something different, something, um, that I have not experienced, but maybe can have what we call a window and do something different. So it's how you develop empathy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So even though it's pink and bright and talks about dumplings, I have a feeling that it's going to hold much more and I'm looking forward to finding out. But right now it's time for us to check out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at BDP underscore library and share us with a friend. And don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of Overdue. Make time to read. Thanks for listening.